Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor. It's the, uh, well, we're past the 4th of July, and you know what that means, right? Well, it means that we've only got two months more to wait until football season starts. Sir, you were lying. We have three more weeks, sir. Three more weeks. Count them. Training camp. I can't believe you're overlooking training camp, the most important time of the year. Arguably, where the most important football is played. <laughs> yeah. The season is, is still two months away. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Look, it's training camp's most important time of the year. You get to see the players on the field with no pads, um, not hitting each other, not running real routes, probably playing some grab ass, maybe having beers in between passes and sessions. That's important football. It is. It is. That That's... That's like the time you and I spend an hour before we get on, on air quoting, um, you know, I think you should leave, and Family Guy. It's just as important. <laughs> those, right? Those are really important warm-ups. Uh, that, that's how you get your rapport. And, you know, the players, they're getting to know each other, to decide which ones they're going to, you know, uh, haze, all that stuff. It's, it's important time. It sure is. I mean, you know, bullying is a is a very important part of every friendship. Uh, most friendships start with some sort of teasing, especially men. You know, we tend to really be about testing each other's will and resolve with with noogies and wedgies and just a whole bunch of other ribs. You know, leaving things in people's beds, putting their hands in water. You know, just <laughs> typical things that guys do. You know, and that's that's NFL training camp in a nutshell. It's just guys being dudes, dudes being guys out here, just you know, messing around and. Just, just grabbing some ass, you know. That's 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 what it's about, baby. That's what it's about. Well, I don't think we can talk any more about this show, man. We're this is it. It's not going to get any better than this. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. But you know what else this time of year means, Trevor? What's that? Well, I tell you what. You ever have a nice big plate of a whole bunch of just filling foods? You know, like imagine, imagine you you went to Thanksgiving. Right, or you went somewhere where you're eating some hearty foods. Let's say like some mashed potatoes, some stuffing, some turkey. I don't know, maybe some other things. What's what? What do you think would complement that? Those foods the most? Oh, nothing, nothing better than a nice brown gravy. None of that, I tell you, none of that, you know, flour stuff. I want, you know, from from the bones, brown gravy. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. See, I always wonder this: Does brown gravy a real like flavor, or is that just like a manufactured powder? But um, oh, I don't know. Not I a debate know that it's brown when you make it right. That uh, hey, you got to burn it. That's how you know you're you're getting that that flour nice and brown. You're getting it soft. You wixing in the the wonderful juicings and the drippings, and you're just you know you're eating it up like like you haven't eaten in days, right? Well, I tell you what, man, the the listeners and the viewers. And the people with ears and eyeballs are all starving for some gravy, either in a pan or whisked up with some just fresh juicings and drippings. And what better time of the year to start that gravy process? Look, gravy's delicate, okay? Um, you got to slow cook this meat, right? You got to get it on the grill. You got to get it in 300 degree ovens. You got to let it sit and really collect. You got to let it sit again. You got to reduce it. You got to put in the flour you got to get the salt the pepper in there you got to get some nice seasonings trevor it, look man it just can't be done overnight 
It just yeah. can't be. It's and it's not going to be done to, in a few hours. It's got to have time to coagulate. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's a that is a scientific word right there. You hear that, <laughs> folks? Coagulates. And if you're not calling your team your your fantasy football team, coagulates not in your name. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> but nonetheless, well, the best part about this year is that we start that slow cook process. We bring out the gravy. We talk about the players. Last week was riveting. You all know it was. It was given an, a daytime Emmy and an evening Emmy. The only time an evening Emmy ever, has ever been given out to. Two people who you've never seen before who cover a very niche sport. <laughs> and I tell you what, there's no better way to continue our gravy juicings than talking about who could be potential breakout fantasy football stars this year. We talked last week a little bit about this. We kind of scratched the surface. I think we were doing more busts. So a little bit of booms here and there. But Trevor, um, everybody's always wondering... Trevor, where do I take Kenny Pickett? Where do I take Sam Howell? How do I? What do I do with Tony Pollard? Is he a first-round pick? I mean, do I want to take Kenneth Walker? Is Brees Hall hurt, right? Everybody's asking those questions to you. You can barely get any sleep, and every time you go to work, you're just bombarded with questions. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, I tell you, that's I've gotten your life figured out. You know, there's no, you have no other meeting other than giving out fantasy football advice, and that's why <laughs> I, I want to ask you this. Right, we're going to talk about this year's fantasy football breakout studs and mostly studs. I don't think there's any duds on this list. If there is, we'll make fun of them or, or bring them up. But I want to talk about one guy who I wouldn't think surprised us last year. At least it didn't surprise you and me. I think we made a the right call and saying Jalen Hurts would be uh, well, basically a top ten fantasy player. I think I think overall quarterback he's definitely number one or number two. Um, well, I'm curious what's your and this is a guy you and I are actually very high on if you go back to the episodes of last year and the year before we started to plant the seeds but last year I really talked about this guy a lot he's back on the radar I think for obvious reasons it's Justin Fields um this season's Jalen Hurts question mark Ooh, that's a good question um I mean <clears throat> when it comes to your fantasy draft uh Jalen Hurts is obviously not going to be the first quarterback off the board um and if you're lucky enough to get the, you know, one of the first three quarterbacks or so, you know, then this isn't a, a concern for you. But I look at Justin Fields as being a really great quarterback for somebody that is, you know, did get, you know, top tier wide receiver, top tier running back. Uh, you're not able to very seldom in fantasy football are able to get one of the best at every position. Um Justin Fields is going to be that guy that he's not, he's not the best. He's not a top five, uh, but he could finish. He could finish that way. Um, there's a ton of value there. And I do think he's got a solid floor. Um, he's going to get you, he's going to get you points every week. Um, he was, he was a great fantasy option last year. Um, I don't think we'll see, I could be wrong, but I don't think we'll see as many, of these huge rushing games out of him. They, they, I mean, they shouldn't be, be striving for that. They should be trying to get him more balanced on offense. But the Bears team gets better every season right now. Um, they're drafting well. They're definitely improving uh, the, uh, the offense in ways that they haven't in a long time. You know, they, they've just prioritized their defense way too much, way too long. Uh, but they've turned a corner with that. And I do think uh, Justin Fields 
has gotten better every season, and I expect the same from him this year. I think he's going to be even better this year. Uh, whether or not it's going to be worth comparing to uh, Jalen Hurts uh, 2022 by the time it was over, um, that's a little more of a gamble. Um, but, uh, but no, I think there's a lot of value. And, uh, when you're, you know, when there's, when there is no Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or any of those guys left, um, I think he's a real solid draft. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, excuse me. I don't know, um, kind of where the quarterback market's going to take off this year because, I think for you and I, uh, you know, because we're smart and, uh, you know, we are covering a niche niche sport, which means we have a lot of information about it. Um, I think we would probably select fields in what, sixth round? Fifth yeah. Round? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, 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 I know your your sort of philosophy is get your, your position players, uh, arguably top running backs. Right. Um, so... Yeah. So I, I want to, uh, you know, I, I try not to be the person who who starts the run on a position before it's time. And then and it, it inevitably happens, uh, especially if you're in some casual friends leagues. Um, you know, I was I was in a, a work league where somebody drafted Tom Brady in the first round last year. Um, hmm. No, two years ago, two years ago. Um but uh, but it's just like oh wow yeah uh, gosh somebody's a fan, um, but basically what I'm saying is when it happens you know let's say you haven't drafted your quarterback yet and in the third round somebody grabs Jalen Hurts and then somebody grabs Patrick Mahomes and then somebody grabs Joe Burrows but by the time it's your fourth round pick or maybe you're drafting late in the third round and Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, those guys have all, like, the, the run on these top-tier guys have, has gone, and there's not one left for you. I wouldn't take the best remaining quarterback just because everyone's taking a quarterback. I would go for the highest value and then look for guys like uh, Justin Fields or uh, even Jared Goff uh, in the sixth, maybe even seventh round uh, where – the rest of the people are trying to catch up on those other skill players because they got their top tier uh, quarterback and you need somebody with upside. Um, so, but there's no reason to go for that guy with upside at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, just because everybody else already got, you know, Jalen hurts. So uh, it's, is a real strategy to it. And uh, the more you, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of these mock drafts because um, I, I do think that, you know, drafting on the clock is something that practice improves. Um, and then the more you do it, the more you can say, well, that, that I didn't like the way that worked out. I don't like this team. Um, the downside there is uh, if you do enough uh, mock drafts, your, your actual draft is never going to live up to your best mock draft. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, that's like sort of ine- inevitable. Oh, yeah. Saying. Oh, yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, and excuse me, it's interesting, uh, boy, with the quarterback situation, because you hit the nail on the head, you'll just see a run on them. Um, you'll see somebody sort of make a joke pick in a, in a, in a cash league, which makes no sense, or they're just legitimately don't know what they're doing. 
<laughs> it happens. You know, it happens. Uh, it, which happens a lot. And people just think, you know, I'm, well, I'm in for the fun. I'm, I'm playing with my friends, my buddies. Dropping $50 in this league this year just, just to have friends. Well, you, <laughs> sir, are codependent. That's all I can say. Or, or ma'am. Or ma'am. You know, you got to look in the mirror a little bit, you know. Um, you're playing for a trophy. You're playing for friends. You know, what are you doing? You're dropping $50 in a league and in this economy? Golly, that'll get you two loaves of bread if you're lucky. <laughs> so um, I, I don't understand it, but I think what you had a good kind of take on Justin Fields, and we don't need to go too much longer with him, but just it's obvious he has a better supporting cast. He'll DJ Moore and Chase Claypool in the offense again, Cole Komet, uh, you know, uh, boy Khalil Herbert. Um, the list kind of goes on and on with this offense. Um, who, who's the, the receiver? Uh, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's been kind of their number one other than uh, Allen Robinson the last couple of years, and he's going to be probably a two or three, but he's probably the best two or three wide receiver in the league right now. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, he's the best number two, number three wide receiver <laughs> out there. No, the no, 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 no. I'm talking about – I'm man. kidding. I can't think of his Jeez. name. Jeez, um, Louise. Gosh. I'm talk, uh, talking, talking about Nikhil Harry. There it is. There is. There's our guy. No, I am, and just give me a second here, folks. Just his name, Darnell Mooney. That's what it is. Okay, Darnell like we talked Mooney. about him all the time yes. at the beginning of the season last yes, year. Yes, love um, Darnell Mooney. Yeah, Darnell he's Mooney. Fit he's still here. a young guy. Yeah. He can get a lot better. Uh, a lot. Of, this would be his <clears> third season. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we we see it all the time with these talented wide receivers. They make a big leap in year three. Um, so yeah, the the sky's the limit. With the uh, Bears offense, uh, which is like I was saying, you know, when, when you miss out on these guaranteed commodities, um, I, I tend to go more for guys with more upside. You know, like I probably, I hate to admit it, but like I would probably draft Fields over Kirk Cousins. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Kirk Cousins has a higher floor than than Fields, but I, I feel like Justin Fields has more upside than Kirk Cousins does. Um, yeah. So, and I, I could be wrong about that. Kirk Cousins uh, loves to prove the haters wrong only with the statistics. Um, <clears throat> the statistics are often more impressive than, than the real season is. Um, but the numbers are there. So, you know, that's, that's, it's almost a coin flip. But for me, I land on Justin Fields because I see more upside there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to go off Kirk Cousins, I mean, I, I think he's not a runner. <laughs> So well, that's, automatically that's, that's, Justin Fields has more value. That's you know? where I see it. I see Justin Fields yeah. getting more with his legs. Um, I, I, you know, Justin Fields is going to rush for touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, uh, I think he, I think he ran for a couple last season, but it was really, you know, goal line situations. You know, first and goal from the one type of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Justin Fields uh, also. Yeah, I just I, he's going to be much more the central conduit of that offense uh, on the ground and through the air, whereas Kirk Cousins is just going to be slinging it. Yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask you this: this this was interesting. I, you know, I've heard this before, um, and coming into today, I thought I, I I guess I don't know how to process this comparison or this possibility, but. Uh, there's a lot of talk out here going along with our potential studs breakout players discussion here that Kenny Pickett 
is this season's Trevor Lawrence. Wow. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I see it, but, um, I mean, you know, generally there's a big leap in year two for a lot of quarterbacks. So I, it's, it's not impossible. Um, I don't think it's a great comparison. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was the, uh, you know, we, we had been talking about him being drafted number one overall three years before he was drafted. Um, the, the expectations on Trevor Lawrence coming into the NFL are so much higher than they were for Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is known for, what, being the best option of one of the worst quarterback draft classes? Um, yeah. No, yeah. he's the only option. That's what I mean. So, like, <laughs> like I, I don't really see that as a really good comparison. Um, but, I mean, since you brought it up, I do think that, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he made a huge – Huge leap forward, looked a lot more like the guy we all expected him to be when he came into the league. Um, can we see a similar improvement in year three from Trevor Lawrence? I think it'd be almost impossible to improve that much again uh, because of how much he did improve between year one and year two. If he improved that much again, he might be the greatest all time. Um, but I do think that... Uh, I, I, I don't see Trevor Lawrence regressing this year. Um, I think he's going to get better. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is definitely... So of those, he, he, for me, he kind of falls towards the end of that top tier where I, I was listing off all those guys. I might put him uh, behind Lamar Jackson and, and Joe Burrow and, and even... Uh, Josh Allen and those guys, but he's got potential to finish top five. He really does. So um, there's a lot of interesting options for quarterback if you don't get in on those first, you know, five or six guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I think I just wonder for people who are going to load up on position players, which should be most of you. I, I think that's obviously the right strategy where Kenny Pickett might kind of fall into maybe like a bench QB2 guy and then somehow just over the season develops into like a top 15 quarterback, you know, what are the odds? And is it worth um, taking him in that sense? Well, that's, that's what you're looking for. That's the thing too. Uh, you know, the more, the more your fantasy team relies on any position group, even the quarterback, uh, the more important that backup becomes. You know, if if you go, you know, wide receiver your first two rounds or running back your first two rounds, uh, the backups only, almost become even more important than if you hadn't because now your team is built to, to run on that position group. Uh, with quarterbacks, you know, if you, if you use a second or third round pick on, on Jalen Hurts or or Joe Burrow or somebody that you think is really going to carry your team all the way, you know which quarterback is going to have the most points at the end of the year and you grab them before anyone else can, uh, then, you know, you're really reliant on that one player. So you need a good backup. Um, and some of these guys that we're talking about can turn out to be really good uh, backups because they, they're going to be flirting with, with being a QB1 by the end of the season anyways. Yeah, no question. Um, I think this is an interesting one. 
and I wonder if the 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 consensus has the right pick for who this season's Geno Smith will be. Um, according to at least the paywall on ESPN, it's Sam Howell, um, quarterback of Washington. However, before we get into the discussion about it, I want to present somebody else, Jordan Love. <laughs> um, yeah, this year's Geno Smith. Oops, I dropped my microphone, people, and I apologize about that. Basically, somebody who's, um, I assume we think is maybe somewhat mediocre or average, but ends up being probably a little more clutch and has a little bit more chutzpah, if you will, than everybody gives him credit for. Um, they're saying Sam Howell, mostly because of Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, some, some great uh, running backs, some good depth, and really good offensive line, and I suppose that's true, but... How do you feel about this uh, Geno Smith-Sam Howell comparison? Do you think that's fair? Are we Jordan, are we Jordan Love apologists? Or well, what's, what's I think uh, I think again the comparison is uh, a little flashy. Um, the Geno Smith situation is <laughs> almost unprecedented, um, as as far as I can think. Um, a guy like Geno Smith, I mean, Geno Smith came out of nowhere. Nobody, nobody thought that he had the potential to to be the starter all year, or put up the kind of numbers he did in the first half of the season. Um, it, it was one of the cooler things that we saw happen. Um, and, but he, but he does, uh, he does represent a template now for players that are willing to put in the work. Uh, they can pull something like that off where now they, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're extremely fantasy relevant and they're winning games. Um, so it, it could happen. Um, but uh, who'd you say, Sam Howell? I don't even know if he's been in the league long enough to make a comparison to somebody who has a resurgence in their 10th season. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, again, I just, I'm not, I, the comparison doesn't sit well with me, um, but you know these guys are NFL quarterbacks. So, you know, forgetting the specifics of of uh, Geno Smith's situation last last season, there's always a chance that one of these guys that that are written off in the fantasy world uh, makes everybody uh, but a few lucky ones uh, regret not scooping him up with the, uh, you know, with the 12th round or whatever. Uh, right, know, right. When you're just filling up spaces on the bench. so Totally. Uh, worth the flyer? He's going to be a starter. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's and like, again, it depends on the size of your league and it depends on how your team is built. Um, but there, you know, at the end of the draft, uh, when you don't have specific, you shouldn't have specific needs anymore. You really are looking for like, oh, I kind of like this situation that this veteran who, who you know has potential, you know, th- they could turn it around this year, or you know, oh, I see here, like, oh, if, you know, this this running back gets injured, this guy who doesn't get the respect he deserves, in my opinion, is all of a sudden he's going to be RB one, and it could pay off big. Uh, you got to hunt for situations like that, and then uh, hope that the dice fall your way. No question. Yeah, and it's hard to play craps when you're in a narrow alley. And if you're rolling the dice on Sam Howell, I hope to God you have another quarterback on your roster. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, this year's Josh Jacobs. And I think this is obvious, and it's not a hot take by any means, but 
Uh, I think you're going to agree immediately when everybody says Tony Pollard. Guy that's going to put up 1,600 yards, be the focal point of offense, get a bunch of carries, be dynamic, and um, most likely lead the league in rushing. Tony Pollard. That's okay. Tony Pollard, um, Dallas Cowboys. I can't exactly shoot that down, but I, I don't predict he'll re- lead the league in rushing. Um, hmm. uh, he, he is a good running back. Uh, he, he's shown for a couple seasons now that he's arguably – uh, better than Ezekiel Elliott is. Um, however, the uh, I don't know. I, I so with when it comes to running backs leading the league in rushing, um, it has a lot to do with how balanced that team is on offense uh, and the strength of their opponent and uh, you know the the mentality of the of the play callers and the, the strength of the O-line. There's a lot of things that, that have to fall into place to be the, the leading rusher for a season. And I'm just, I'm hesitant to say I agree right now. I, I need to look, take a closer look at Dallas. Um, but uh, man, I, I would, I would be a little surprised. Not, not that I don't think he's a capable running back. Um, I just don't see Dallas as that team right now. Um, I think they're going to, I think they're going to, uh, play from behind in some games that they'll win, um, but they're gonna they're gonna have Dak throwing the ball quite a bit. Um, it's possible, I, and I do think Tony Pollard will only get drafted higher than he did on average last year. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> this might surprise you. Maybe this will, might change your mind. Dallas led the league in carries last year, four hundred sixty-two, as a unit. Well, and they so but, they they played a lot of games. They they played with a lead a lot last season, and I just uh, hmm. I don't know if that'll be the same uh, situation for them this year. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I as you I see your logic. It's hard to say they're going to run the ball more because it's not going to get the same yardage if we were to throw it. Not going to get you back in competition if you're down. Um, I agree. I wonder how much like the impact of Deuce Vaughn rookie out of Kansas State's going to have on the Dallas Cowboys. I know he's a fifth, sixth-round pick, but he's a little guy. He's like Darren Sproles, you know? And oh, yeah. Those, those type of wild-card backs, let's call him for what he is, um, typically have a pretty decent role in the offense in the first year or two because, well, I guess unless you're Darren Sproles, your window is fairly small and uh, you're really fast <laughs> and right. shifty, uh, you know? So, um, but yeah, uh, Tony Pollard, potentially RB1. Not sure. Not sure. Um, there's some other candidates here. Uh, Damian Pierce, Houston, uh, now that they have a quarterback down there. Travis Etienne, Jacksonville. Uh, J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. I think that's kind of realistic. I don't, J.K. Dobbins has been hurt when he does play. He's averaging six yards a carry, <laughs> you know. Um, right. He's been really good, really fast guy, really good offensive line in, in Baltimore. Um, that seems kind of likely. Not a lot of carries on his on his body, even though he's been kind of injury prone. I, I don't hate that. I, I don't hate that um, that prediction. No, neither you know? do I, because uh, I think that they'll get pretty creative with, uh, uh, you know, two two running back sets. Really try to. Uh, scare the scare the defense with with what they can do with <laughs> Lamar Jackson, um, but 
you know, until we really see uh, what Lamar can do with the uh, wide receiver group there, I think uh, I think Dobbins is going to be a bit of a work workhorse and a bit of a safety blanket for that <coughs> offense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, this year's Ramondre Stevenson. So if you don't remember last year, breakout season for Mondre was basically a PPR dream because he ran the ball really well. Didn't score a lot of touchdowns, but he caught 88 passes. Um, Alexander Madison, your boy in Minnesota. Alexander Madison, potential for uh, this year's Ramondre Stevenson, basically a mid-round flyer who ends up being better than we all think he's going to be. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think people are starting to come around to uh, Alexander Madison's value this year, uh, not having not having really drafted anybody, not really trading Cook for anybody. Um, there's still time to bring bring in help for Madison, but uh, anybody that had him as a backup or a handcuff to Dalvin Cook uh, or any Vikings fan uh, knows that he does have uh, a lot to offer. Um, he was uh, just a, a stud uh, RB2, so he should do pretty well uh, with the RB1 position there. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, depending on on who you're, who's in your league, you could end up getting Alexander Madison at really good value. Um, he might still be available uh, in the third or even fourth round, um, and he really should. I, in my opinion, he should go before then, because um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's shown the ability to to step in and and fill Dalvin Cook's shoes in in spurts as needed. Um, but going into the season, he has to be RB1 on the game plan. So the, uh, the opportunities are definitely there. And, uh, and it's not like it's a new team or a new offense or a new quarterback. Um, you know, he's, he's been practicing with Kirk Cousins for three or four seasons now um, as, the RB, as the RB2. So I think, uh, you know, there's – it's a pretty safe option with a, with again, a lot of upside there. So. Yeah. Um, and he's an RB one on that team. I don't think there's any clear. Well, that's not true. Who do we, who's the guy we talked about from UAB a couple weeks ago? Um, yeah. I, mentioned that uh, I can't think of his draft. name, but, uh, yeah. you know, and that's, that's something that I'm excited to, to see. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll hear some things out of, uh, training camp that can, uh, wet our whistles. Um, but for now, I think Madison does have to be seen as the clear RB1 there. Yeah, no question. And that's probably why he's in that category of um, Ramondre Steves. It's a guy you're going to take in like the seventh or eighth round. You're like, eh, he's like a flex, maybe. RB4, he ends up being like a two somehow. It's a pretty good flyer to take, I think. Uh, yeah. I'd be really happy about that. Um. Yeah, this is interesting to me. I think this is right on point. This year's Devontae Smith, basically a guy who was picked early in the first round or was a high pick um, and then just was a monster in his second year. Christian Watson, wide receiver from Green Bay. He's going to be the wide receiver one out there. I assume he's had a lot of time to get to know Doran Love. He's obviously very athletic. He had eight touchdowns and 35 catches last year. <laughs> so, I, look, I, I think that's great. He's a... He's obviously a red zone guy, um, and it's a guy that maybe you want to target early. Christian Watson. Yeah, maybe not me. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. I uh, 
I joke around. Uh, the uh, the disdain for the Packers is never never far from my heart. Um, but no, he's he's. Uh, it would be watching football last last year. His his talent, his abilities are undeniable. Um, so the the real question there is, uh, what does he look like catching the ball from Jordan Love? Because uh, you're right, he's he's been on the same team with Jordan. You know, Jordan Love isn't a new guy to the Packers. Um, so even though he wasn't the starter last season, they should have some pretty good chemistry. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear really good things about those two coming out of training camp. Um, but, uh, man, right now, so someone like Christian Watson is worth drafting at the right spot because of the undeniable abilities. Um, but I'm a little hesitant um, on the Packers as a whole right now because they're they're, they're going through a real big I – mean, this is a real moment. For, for the Cheeseheads is uh, moving on from Aaron Rodgers and what's what's this team going to look like. Um, and I'm sure some of them know better than I do uh, the way things are going there, the, the way the wind's blowing. But uh, but I still need to see it. I, I need to see what the – I mean, I don't think – I mean, I dare to hope. But I don't think the Packers are going to be terrible this year. I just don't know what's reliable there right now. Um, so yeah, Christian Watson, absolutely worth picking up, um, should be drafted in every league. The question is, where are you going to get good value from him and where might you be putting too much value on him? Uh, so I'm going to let somebody else figure that out in my league. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. No, I, I understand. And there's no bias in anything you said, but, uh, Nonetheless, I, it's a guy, Trevor, come on. It's a guy who scored nine touchdowns on like 45, 45 touches last year. Two yeah. on the ground, seven in the air. Yeah, catching catching the football from, you know, the greatest Green Bay Packer quarterback ever. Oh, man, you you're, you better hope Brett Favre's not listening this week. I, I he dare, usually does. I, I dare Brett Favre to do something about it. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I think he's still waiting on some more money from old from Mississippi to do anything about it. No, Brett Favre um, knows, you know, like I know, that Brett Favre isn't a Green Bay quarterback. He's a Viking, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> through and through, right? You guys take the best of them, certainly the best character. Um, so uh, this is interesting to me, and, I, you know, you have to bear with me. I've never actually – I didn't watch a lot of Tennessee Titans last year. I just uh, – I think if you go back and listen to some of the podcast, I don't – know if my comments about the Tennessee Titans would be very forgiving. Certainly in hindsight, they look pretty aggressive. Um, <laughs> I think uh, maybe at one point, I don't know if this was verbatim, I might have called them the most boring team in the league next to the New England Patriots last year. I don't know if that uh, holds still. I think they'll be better this year, but uh, nonetheless, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a guy playing tight end there, and I'm. this is we're doing some research for the podcast today. First, I ever heard of him, but um, and excuse me for the name, but uh, Chigozium uh, Okonwa, Chigozium Okonwa, uh, tight end one in Tennessee. This year's breakout tight end, according to ESPN.com, behind the paywall. Um, look, it's a guy who it's a means a system who develops tight ends. They developed Janu Smith. They developed um, Anthony. Hooper, they got Hooper in there. That he was a, just kind of a bounce around free agent for a long time. Um, just, yeah, they got some guys paid from that system, and 
This is a guy who caught 32 catches, 40, 150 yards last year, three touchdowns, 6'4", 250. Does a lot of blocking. Um, is, is a big body target. Uh, in, in that quarterback situation, he's still really productive. Uh, you know he's going to be a factor in the play-action game. Um, and after week eight, he was in the top five in tight ends in the league. So I don't know how we didn't miss him, how we missed him last year and all that gravy talk, but you best believe he's in he's in the pan this year, baby. He is in the pan, and he's tight end one, and I believe that this guy could be a top – and look, this is, a, this is a position that you and I know very well is barren of high-end talent. And if you don't get one of the top five tight ends in the league and maybe even top three, you're getting maybe wide receiver four or five production, and which is not good. And you're just going to be basically streaming them every week. I, you know, Trevor, I, I put a lot into this guy. Tagosium Okonwa. Right. And, and yeah. the truth is he might fall somewhere in the middle of getting you 12 points a game and getting you two points a game. Uh, which, I mean, two points That's a game is almost the average when you're streaming that position. Um, so I like it. It's a good one to keep your eye on and definitely probably gettable in the late rounds. Absolutely. Um, another one I want to throw out here because I didn't realize he was on Cincinnati, but Irv Smith Jr. Um, made his way to Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Hayden Hurst is no longer in Cincinnati. I don't remember off the top of my head where he went to, but I know we've covered it. Um, and I think he's in Houston. I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, uh, Carolina. I'm sorry. He's in Carolina. Um, and so... Interesting that Herb Smith Jr. would go there. That's an offense that, uh, if you look at over the years, they get a lot of tight ends paid. I mean, they got Hayden Hurst, uh, the kid in uh, Ozuma, right? The tight end in yep. the New York Jets. And now you got Herb Smith coming on a one-year one contract. Hasn't shown much, man, but if you're playing with Jamar Smith and uh, Jamar Chase, excuse me, and um, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. <laughs> You know, I uh, think there's some potential for you to have a breakout year. And so, we all know Herb Smith, that move more of a receiver. But. For, for all the reasons you just said, I don't think that Herb Smith is going to get, you know, real high volume when it comes to opportunities. Um, he's going to be a little touchdown dependent. Uh, but also, I think he's going to be a little, you know, yards after the catch dependent. Uh if he's going to really turn into a, a producer fantasy-wise, then he's got to make the most of the two to four targets a game he's going to get. Um, so and what I mean is he's going, to, he's going to catch it less than 10 yards out, but he could break it into a big play. Um, he's fast, athletic, big. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he's done to step up his game since being replaced by TJ Hawkinson. Um, you know, the Vikings obviously uh, wanted an upgrade there, uh, but when they drafted Irv Smith, the expectations were high um, because he's got the metrics, uh, he's got the pedigree, so uh, the, the potential is still there. Um, I don't think... He's had serious injury. I know he was out. So he, he did get injured last season. That's why they brought TJ Hawkinson in. Um, but he was healthy again before the season was over. Um, so so uh, 
you know, the, the, the potential is still there for a guy like Irv Smith. And uh, having somebody like Joe Burrow, um, and then, you know, there's no accounting for injury. He could move up the, uh, the target share tree if, uh, if, if, you know, this person or that person gets injured. But, uh, but I like it, and I, I think he's a good player too. Um, I like that he's getting another opportunity on a team that's playing for championships. Yeah, no question. Um, if anything, it probably brings a tear and a smile to your face. Uh, I just think it's a really good fit in Cincinnati um, in a team, an offense that's done a lot of, well, I already said uh, rehab of, of tight ends, and he's going to be another one that goes there, probably does pretty well, gets paid. <laughs> Heck yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's what I'm expecting. I, I think he's, you know, I, like I said, tight ends a crapshoot position. Um, I'm not expecting him to be like top five or Travis Kelsey, but uh, some guy keep an eye on. And, and don't be upset if you get him because he, he has potential. And if he's touchdown dependent, then that's the game with the tight ends this year. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is, you know. Um, okay. Uh, we, we talked about some guys to avoid or potential bust last week. I'm going to throw a couple at Trevor, none of which he will probably find is surprising. However, you can't start. Well, we have to start, I should say, um, with the most obvious one. It's Mike Evans and uh, Tampa Bay. And here is the interesting part. He's being, according to uh, fantasypros.com, he's being selected probably around the seventh round. I didn't even know people were doing drafts right now. If you look, if you're doing a draft for a training camp, <laughs> huh. let me tell you. All right. You need some therapy. Um, I'm the first <laughs> ever fantasy football therapist. Okay. We talk about your triggers. Uh, you have to understand where those things come from and why you need instant gratification to start fantasy football now before training camp for injury start, before there's any real intrigue, before there's any real mock drafts out there, before there's any even understanding of why you'd want to go through that kind of stress <laughs> this early in your summer, okay? Let's, let's, let's hold off for a second here. Let's learn some coping skills, right? Let's, uh, let's maybe find something a little bit more impulsive that you can seek your teeth into that isn't fantasy football for a second. And um, it's interesting, though, he's being a draft ahead of receivers such as Jerry Judy, Tyler Lockett, and Drake London, um, considering his quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. So um, why in the hell would you want to take Mike Evans that early ahead of any of those guys? And why would you take him at all? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't take him early. Um, right. He's... He's still a great wide receiver. Um, he's he's going to get drafted. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's he's. It's it's not that I don't think he'll be productive. I I do, but his production is going to be limited to what he can make happen on his own. He's no longer part of this big, balanced juggernaut of a of an offense. Um, and the, the bright side to a guy like Mike Evans is they are going to be throwing, uh, a lot of desperate passes his way towards the end of the game. And he is the kind of physical wide receiver that can make those opportunities produce, even if the defense has them telegraphed. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I like Mike Evans at the right position, but he's, He's probably starting. I mean, depend again, depending on how your big your league is and how you draft, uh, he's either going to be starting at the wide receiver three position or on your bench, um, and that's 
that's more, much more to do with with the the changes that are happening around him than changes that are happening with him. Um, I, I don't think he's getting too old or, or lost a step. Um, it's more about the pieces in place around him. It's a, it's a team sport, and he just he's not going to have the same production that we're used to seeing out of Mike Evans, uh, which is, it, this is the one that does kind of bring a tear to my eye because I've always liked Mike Evans. I, I, I don't think he's just a, a really talented uh, wide receiver. I think he's an amazing uh, athlete when it comes to, uh, you know, being a good sportsman. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, I'm not looking forward to seeing Mike Evans struggle, but it is going to be a struggle for the the more talented players on that team right now. Um, well, and here's something to consider. I mean, if Tampa Bay's in a hole, let's say week seven, right? They're like one and six, two and five. I, I don't know when they'll win a game, considering the quarterback situation. But um, you know what? Why maybe there's potential. You know, mid-season uptick in value because I I think he's in his contract year, and I do think there's a possibility he could get traded if that's right. the case. And I so. I think that's worth considering, but again, I don't think it's worth. These are reasons to stash a guy, um, which means you're not drafting him while you still have open starting positions. Um, yeah, it's that simple. All right. Well, there you go. You there you have it. Um, <laughs> Moving on to uh, another guy. Well, we kind of alluded to him, I think, but not maybe not necessarily. We, you know, the Chargers took a receiver in the draft this year, um, a pretty good one from TCU, Quentin Johnson, um, Johnston. Excuse me, Johnston. Sorry, how to do it? Um, <laughs> it's a the Chappelle Show reference, in case you're you're wondering. <laughs> but um, Mike Williams, man, number one perimeter receiver. Uh, in that offense, uh, a, a pretty good receiver. A, a kind of an enigma in a lot of ways. I feel like everybody kind of drops him high and he ends up getting hurt or he's just inconsistent. So, or he has a, he's a good year, he's an off year. Good year, off year, right? Um, right. And now we're looking at him in, in year – wow, he's been in the league for whew, seven years. That's crazy. Um, and there's a new receiver in town, and Mike Williams is going to lose targets. Maybe. Well, he's still being picked a bunch of – above – a lot of receivers, believe it or not, um, that you wouldn't think would go after him. However, here we are. <laughs> Why should I trust Mike Williams, given that Herbert's got a new toy, right? And it's kind of like Toy Story, where, like, Woody's dreaming, and he, you know, Andy lets go of him in the trash and goes, I don't want to play with you anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know? and, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, the Chargers tried to get some value out of him with a with a midseason trade, um, if things really work out with uh, with the kid from TCU, but uh, but I think Mike Williams is still worth drafting because uh, when he's healthy, he is. I mean, he's lightning quick and he plays the game really physically. Um, yeah, I. My gut tells me he's going to have a better year than Mike Evans. Um, but, yeah, the, these wide receivers, you know, you you start more wide. It, it, typically, 
you start in every league I've ever been in, you're going to start more wide receivers than any other position on your team. Um, so it's good to, to get some good ones early on. And then depending on how your draft goes, you really want, uh, some guys with, with some good upside on the bench. Um, Mike Williams, like you said, he, uh, he has a good year. He has a down year. You know, is Keenan Allen healthy? Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Mike Williams' production? Um, it's kind of tough to tell. But man, when Mike real, when when he gets on a roll, you feel real lucky to have him on your team. I've been one of those teams, and uh, and yeah, I think uh, I think you can't sleep on Mike Williams, especially when you're trying to fill that last starting wide receiver spot or even round out your bench. Um, there's a spot, there's a place for Mike Williams. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there, there's no question. There's a place for Mike Williams. I'm just saying, um, if you're drafting him higher than, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Drake London, for example. Right. Right. Um, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I, I think there's some reason to be concerned. <laughs> Maybe, like, you already pulled the trigger. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Like, you're in. You're in, right? It's over. It's over, man. What are you going to yeah. do? Or Jerry Judy, even, because Jerry Judy could be wide receiver one. I mean, but if you're picking him above Calvin Ridley, um, Christian Kirk, uh, I love Brandon Ayuk. And people yeah. are picking him above Brandon Ayuk. I like I like you know? these names. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Jerry Judy. Um I would be a little more hesitant of Jerry Judy than those other guys. Um, so mm. let's let's put Jerry Judy against Mike Williams. That's that's a tough that's a tough pick for me choosing between those two. Yeah, yeah. I I just think it's it's interesting how I I think Mike Williams' name carries more weight than his actual production. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, he's just a flashy perimeter receiver, and he's always going to get drafted high. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's anything equated to. Um, like in the draft, like over the last few years, maybe <laughs> it's like a Sammy Watkins effect, you know? Oh, I, like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sammy you know Watkins what I'm saying? was over. Oh my God. He's an outside receiver. He's got, yeah. they both went to Clemson by the way, ironically, <laughs> but interesting. you know, like they will, they have our Percy Harvin, right. You know, like it, he's, there's so much potential. You could do this. You could do that. You could pick him high. It happens all the time. Darren Waller is kind of like this. This is what we get, you know. You, know, you set up for excitement, you're going to get disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way it is. You remember, know. Remember Percy so, Harvin? <laughs> oh God, dude. remember? Yeah, oh, remember, remember Barry's over here. Yeah, it's football. Jeez, Louise. Um, anyway, uh, this is kind of interesting. We're bringing this to like last topic up here. I think this is uh, kind of an interesting stat, but um, I went. I talked about. Uh, Ch- Ch- now I can't say his name again. Chagosium. Ch- Ch- uh, Okonwa. Um, <laughs> He's becoming my favorite one, player pretty quickly, just listening to Rob <laughs> struggle to say his uh, name. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, it's tough to be the host these days. <laughs> I, I try it sometime. Yeah. Um, tight ends, according to, I don't know what stats these are, if this is just like general knowledge or what have you, uh, or, or just historical trends, but apparently tight ends tend to enjoy a huge spike in success in NFL year two. Um, most notably, Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, Gronkowski, who was actually a monster in year one, but year two was insane. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Um, and then, obviously, there's a few other ones that we could probably say, but those are just notable. So, um, 
in addition to our, our home, our, our boy down in Tennessee, um, there's some other ones listed. But I thought this was interesting. And Trevor, since you're so close down there, up there in Denver, uh, Greg Dolchik made the list of people who had oh, the potential to break out. Huge in year two. Um, what do we know about Greg Dolchik in Denver? Why should we? And why should we continue to talk about him after you and I spent three or four weeks last year? Keep talking about him, and he disappointed us a few times. Why? Why do we think he's a sophomore that might peak here in year two? Well, I, I think there's a lot of you know there's there's a lot of Denver players to have optimism and excitement for, and it all comes down to these major changes with. Uh, with coaching, um, you know, we're, we're real excited to see what kind of, what kind of player Russell Wilson's going to be under, uh, Sean Payton. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, Jimmy Graham's breakout sophomore season that was on a, uh, Sean Payton saints team. Um, so yeah, the, the potential is definitely there. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of like, the uh, the changing of the guard in Green Bay, where I'm I'm holding my breath right now to uh, to see what what kind of identity this team is going to have uh, with all the changes that happened this off season. So yeah, the the sky's the limit with a guy like Dolchik. Um, but in terms of like what what kind of opportunities he's going to get week in and week out, but. Uh, but you know, by the time we get a look at it, it'll be too late to draft him. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. You know, he's he's definitely worth stashing on your bench. Um, if if you're drafting him as your tight end one, then I I really hope the the rest of your roster looks uh, better than that, or at least more more reliable. Um, because yeah, the the, I mean. We, we were going to sound like a broken record here. The tight end position in fantasy football is such a difficult one to nail down. Uh, and unless you get one of these guys that's, that's already uh, uh, a hot shot and, uh, and he doesn't get injured, um, you've got to take your shots where, where you see uh, upside and where you think the most likely uh, you know, breakout tight end is going to come from. Um, so, yeah, guys like Dolchik guys like uh hopscotch magotch down in tennessee um i i don't have it in front of me like rob does so no disrespect to jagosium uh, okonwa jagosium okonwa <laughs> there you go yeah, i got it that time. um you know i i think uh these guys are definitely worth taking a swing at and uh if you get lucky you'll be the envy of your league <laughs> um yeah and finally um <clears throat> well i think this is interesting you gave me a couple minutes on this I, i'm curious what your opinion is and whether or not you know much about the human body at between the ages of 27 and 29 and your mobility apparently um, there is a stat and that between the ages of 27 and 29 running quarterbacks their scrambling ability tends to decline uh, most notably teddy bridgewater colin kaepernick between those ages cam cam newton we saw a dramatic a dramatic geez louise a dramatic yeah. drop off um <laughs> Russell Wilson, I think we saw a dramatic drop-off, more so between 29 and probably where he's at today, you know, 32, 33. Um, but there's some potential 
for concern. And I, I know there you can say Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I, I, okay, we'll see. I, I honestly think Mahomes is superhuman. But this is some guy I think that we need to be more concerned about. And I think you and I talked about it last year a little bit. Um, it's worth bringing up right now. It's Josh Allen. He's 27. He's taking a lot of hits. He's in a RPO offense. It's run first. He's He is the weapon. Um, he kind of opens everything up. I didn't even realize he's 27 years old, but he, I guess he's susceptible to this this scrambling curse between 27 and 29. Here we are. I don't I don't know if there's any reason for it. It doesn't suggest that it's going to happen. It's just it seems possible, and I think Allen is probably more likely than anybody. Right. Do you and, think uh, that I, I'm trying that's to possible? think. I'm trying to think the best way to describe this. I, I almost started to say he's. He's not as agile as these other rushing running quarterbacks are, and that's that's not true. He's, you see him leap over these guys. He's extremely agile. Um, what I'm trying to say is his the way he runs as a mobile quarterback is much more bulldozer than than some of these other guys are, and uh, and it works for him because he's he's huge. He's a big big quarterback. Um, so no, I, I mean I wouldn't be surprised, and and it has to happen at some point. It has to happen. These these, I mean, even we even saw it with Tom Brady. I uh, just couldn't, you know, not that he was ever an extremely mobile quarterback, but he started to become a really immobile quarterback uh, towards the end. Watching him run was just almost awkward. Um, but uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say that I'm expecting something like that from Josh Allen before it's time. Um, if we see a drop in his mobility and his ability to run the ball, um, you know, we'll be able to point back to this podcast and say, Rob nailed it. Um, hmm. but, uh, but man, I, I just, uh, I think, you know, the way these players recuperate and take care of themselves, they improve every year. And, uh, Barring a, an actual injury, I just don't see Josh Allen slowing down yet, especially because uh, he's on a team uh, with a lot of lot of lot of heart, a lot of belief that they are championship caliber uh, team. But uh, I, I've said it a couple of times recently on the podcast. I think that that window is uh, closing, if not closed already. Um, but I don't expect them to play that way, and I don't expect him to play that way. And uh, I, I think we're going to see very similar uh, running ability and running effort from Josh Allen this year. Yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, I don't doubt that it'll slow down. It's it's an interesting stat nonetheless. And whether that's body breakdown or they're just different schemes, he's getting older. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, honestly, if there wasn't enough there to suggest anything's possible. Other than just saying, well, these these quarterbacks experienced it, so it's possible, <laughs> and that's typical ESPN lazy reporting. But I think <laughs> it's, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it, it's worth bringing up. I, I look only because of the fact of the way he runs. You hit the nail on the head. They have an RPO offense. Um, he's the focal point. Um, he's the game breaker. He opens things up. He kind of draws everybody in to to kind of go over the top, right? With his big arm. Um, it's not unlikely. For him to slow down, at some point, you know, right? Uh, and whether or not it happens this year, man, I mean, he, that offensive line isn't. I, I would go on to say they're they're not great. You know, I, I, they're okay. Um, I think Cincinnati exposed them last year, and you and I both said this, 
And not to go on a Buffalo Bills rant because I'm a <laughs> here I am, a New England Patriots fan. But uh, you and I both said this last year. Um, look, if this is it, this was Buffalo's window. Yeah, that was their window. It was, and that's, so, that's the high level of competition in the AFC right now, especially when you get yeah. into the playoffs. Um, you know, you've got, you know, what, seven teams in the playoffs? Six of them might be in championship windows. Only one of them gets to even go to the Super Bowl and get owned by Jalen Hurts this year. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's only more sad and a little bit funny that it's the bills that we're talking about, uh, because they of course went to four Super Bowls in a row to be denied, uh, every single time. And now here they are, um, just really with maybe the best bills team they've ever had. Uh, but it's, in my opinion, it, it, the decline started last season, and I think they'll decline a little more this year. Um, and uh, I'm not saying they don't still have a chance. It's just they're they're up against a, a stacked deck every year going into the AFC playoffs. They gotta they gotta make it past the Bengals, the Chiefs. Uh, you know, the Jaguars are coming for you. The the Ravens are going to be a lot more competitive this year. Um, and then you've got the other teams in the AFC, the Jets and the Dolphins. They're both coming for you. Um, so it's just, uh, it really did. I don't, I don't mind saying it again. It felt like if they were going to get it done, they would have gotten it done last year or the year before. Um, but, you know, we, it, you, you can't predict these things. That's why we play the games. That's why we watch the games. And, uh, and I'll definitely be rooting for, for Buffalo in, in key matchups and uh, rooting against them in others. Um, that's the benefit of being a, an NFC guy, but, uh, but yeah, it uh, it feels to me like if they're going to be the favorite or, or even favored going into the AFC playoffs, uh, some, some big changes are going to have to occur. Um, they're going to have to get more competitive on defense, a little more balanced on offense. And uh, they need a, a, goal to go running back who isn't the quarterback so uh yeah i i i i realize i sound really critical of a team that i say is is still really good but uh but that's that's the tough situation you know and and they're not the only team that way um you know the the Bengals. Uh, you know a lot of these teams that that were there recently, there's no guarantee in the AFC that you'll be back. So there's a lot of teams all trying to do the same thing, capitalize on this amazing opportunity. Uh, but, the, yeah, there can be only one. Sorry to get all uh, Highlander here at the end. <laughs> well, I mean, there can only be one podcast that covers the only one sport that <laughs> most people don't know about. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, it is... Well, sir, uh, we went past 4th of July. I'm sure many of you had it on the Bluetooth speaker. Guess what? The summer doesn't end. And most of you have, have a pool or a pool to go to or uh, presumably family members that you may not want to expose football in general because at the end of the day, you have a league to win. And you put $50 in this league. So God forbid if you pick Tom Brady in the first round, he's retired, you pick him in the first round this year, 
However, that's possible. I don't even know how that's possible. He shouldn't be in the pool of players. Uh, there is no reason he should be in the pool of players, but you pick him this year, or if one of your family members do, just, just like, do yourself a favor. And, I don't know, just take your $50, tear it up, or um, send it in the mail to me. Okay? Simple <laughs> as that, man. Simple as that. I work for a nonprofit, you know? <laughs> Could use the money. That's all I'm saying, right? Uh, or you can donate it to our our massive deficit in this country of over trillions of dollars. You can help that fund out. So, uh, or I heard there's a, a GoFundMe to start a second submersible down to the Titanic. So you can fund that. Um, <laughs> just an idea to help out the first submersible, which is long gone. But I, I don't know. That's Reddit for you. So, uh, nonetheless, <laughs> that's uh, that that is. That's, I'm sorry, I'm struggling with words. That is football in general. And we'll be back next week. Trevor, do you have anything left to leave off? <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good, my friends. All right. Well, until next time, until next week, we'll see you then. And we're out.